We're a bit like why saturated right now. Like Simon Sinek has done an amazing job of bringing people back to their why. Everybody's talking about purpose at the moment. Everyone's talking about meaning. And that's really, really important. And I do think that that is kind of the place you want to, that you want to start if you're trying to bring in, bring more meaningful work into your life. It's really easy to kind of go, all right, well, I'm going to jump the chasm into something or and put myself into something that maybe is a step in the right direction, but is not, not fully where I want to go. And that's okay if it's part of your transition strategy. If you're, if you're just aiming for something that you're not really sure, sure about or not 100% passionate about or is not going to be the thing that you really want to do forever, to your, the best of your knowledge, because we can change as well. It's like you're just going to find yourself in this same position in another five years' time going, oh, why didn't I just like do this properly in the first place? What I see a lot of people do is they go, right, I, I don't know if I can really do this, so I'm not going to admit yeah. to myself that I really want it. Yeah. And what I often say to my, my clients is, hey, you need to separate what you want and what you think is possible. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the YT Podcast. Here on the Y2 Podcast, we're all about changing the narrative and rewriting the book about what it takes to be successful for those aspiring to be on and currently traveling the entrepreneurial and entrepreneurial journey. Here on the Y2 Podcast, I find and interview everyday successful entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders and dive into their stories to discover what it takes to get started and actually be successful on their journeys. This podcast is meant for anyone and everyone who aspires to do more than they're doing now, but perhaps doesn't know where to start, feels overwhelmed with the prospect of change, or has either been told by somebody else, or maybe themselves, that they just can't do it. This is all about uncovering the real stories by people like you who have taken those first few steps and are well on their way to success in order to help shed light on how you can live that life as well. Now, as always, before I introduce you to today's guest, I want to take a very quick minute and thank the YT Podcast official sponsor, YZ. YZ is an easy-to-use online training software that makes it so simple to create and deliver online learning. I actually love this product so much, I reached out to these guys and wanted to work with them as I see the power of the system for clients. The online training software is very flexible, and you can use it to automate a whole range of tasks in your business. For example, you can manage all of your employee training, train customers and partners in your products, track licenses and qualifications of your staff, create and sell online courses, capture more leads with free online courses, and so much more. Make sure you jump over to their website, yz.com, that's w-y-z-e-d.com, to check out some videos and even get started with your own free 14-day trial. And as always, let them know I sent you head on over. Now, back to the show. And today's episode is going to be a little bit different than previous episodes of the YT Podcast. You see, after having celebrated the YT Podcast being over a year old now, having interviewed over 25 amazing professionals from tech, recruitment, real estate, finance, HR, videography, professional speakers, and everything else in between, this episode was an opportunity to get right at the heart of what we've been seeking to answer through these interviews. That question is simply this. How do we cross the chasm from where we are to where we want to be? Simple question, I know. But as many of you listening are well aware of, not as easy as it sounds. This process is fraught with uncertainty about where you are, where you want to go, and of course, how to cross the chasm to get to that life that you envision and dream about every day. And to do that, today's episode features the wonderful Kate McCready. 
Now, Kay McCready runs her own career and work-life coaching practice and works with individuals and helping them to answer this question here. She also runs the top-rated podcast called The Good Work Revolution, where I'll include links to the show notes, and I strongly recommend you give it a listen. In today's episode, Kate walks us through the process that she takes her clients through in order to help discover the destination and the right journey that somebody needs to take in order to make a successful transition. This isn't a quick three-step this or 11 steps that, so if that's what you're looking for, let me save you some time right now and assure you this isn't going to be your thing. It's a meaningful chat about the questions, paradigms, and opportunities we need to think about as we go through this pivotal part of one's journey. Now, as always, if you like what you heard so far and you want to hear more stories like Kate's, please make sure you subscribe to the YT Podcast wherever you're listening to this, and it'd be awesome if you can leave a review, especially on iTunes. These stories are meant to educate and inspire you to take meaningful change in your life, and there's plenty more episodes of the YT Podcast coming in the future and a secret new project to be released soon, but you have to make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. And I know I've been saying that for a while, but I want to let you guys know that we have kicked off interviews for a range of professionals, as well as I've begun recording them as well too. So it will be coming out, I promise. You won't be hearing too much that much sooner, but you got to make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. Make sure you follow the Y2 podcast at our website. It's www.projecty2.com. That's projecty, the number two.com. As always, a big special thanks to Jason Price for editing the Y2 podcast. And as always, with that being said, let's get into today's chat. Welcome to the Y2 Podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's so nice to be on the other side of the, uh, the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, it, it's an honor like we were talking about before we got recording today. You have been every, it seems like every time I open up iTunes and I go to look at my podcast, I always see yours and Adam Murray's Subtle Disruptors always on <laughs> iTunes on the new and noteworthy your podcast has been absolutely killing it, and um, it's uh, it's it's such an honor to be in front of uh, such a uh, uh, esteemed podcaster. Uh, hopefully, I, hopefully, I live up to uh, to expectations in terms of my my skills today. So, sweat on my brow. <laughs> yes, I, you'll you'll be amazing, and you're making me blush. It's yeah, <laughs> no, it's my absolute pleasure. I'm I'm obviously I'm looking really looking forward to today's chat. As the Y2 podcast is really at a point where we're celebrating about a year. We've, we've interviewed people from, uh, from uh, recruitment through to real estate, through to tech, through to you know, disruptive companies, a variety of entrepreneurs from, from various walks of life, some people who have made it big, some people who haven't quite made it and are kind of on their second or third venture, but really people from all walks of life, age groups, genders, backgrounds, industries, and you know, people, listeners to the podcast know that it's really about trying to understand what it took these people to get started, to make that leap. Um, it was obviously a long journey for myself and, and wanting to seek those people out because I certainly realized, as many people with the podcast will know, I've got a, one of my favorite quotes is by a guy by the name of Derek Sivers. And he talks about if information was the answer, we'd all be billionaires with apps, right? <laughs> Everybody's listening to this podcast has heard me talk about that. And realizing that as much as I had that aspiration to, to do something different than I was doing, I was 
audiobooks and I was researching sales funnels and marketing and business strategies. And there's a lot of wisdom to that, but, but realizing that a lot of people, including myself, get stuck at the chasm. They can't quite make the leap. And the podcast has obviously been trying to explore that. But after a year of exploring that, it really brings us, I think, and the YT podcast and, and probably myself and all of that back full circle to you because our conversation today and what you work with a lot of people amongst your many skills and talents and being, a, being a, an amazing podcaster <laughs> and, and all these other things is you work really closely with people to help jump that chasm. And obviously it can be a very complex um, and a very dynamic um, uh, situation for everybody but at the same time as we've been discussing and I've had a few conversations with you about prior to this is that there's still a certain processes there's still certain questions that um, you know people regardless of where they are and where they want to be can really go through to uh, start to help make jump that chasm it's as, as I've famously spoken about it's not about quitting your job and waking <laughs> up on the Monday opening up your computer getting the you know the Google Doc ready and going business plan 101 you know mm, it's really yeah. so much more to it and there's so much more that many people um who maybe tried and failed maybe missed some very simple steps so anyway a long way of saying i'm so excited to sit down today i'm really excited to dive into it and um yeah i want to thank you again awesome thanks again for having <laughs> my pleasure and i know we've got your executive or no your chief happiness officer as well joining us today too yes cavoodle name uh yes. jacks Yes. Yep. There we go. So if anybody hears any barking or any scratching in the background, uh, he's obviously just doing his, uh, doing his job and uh, bringing <laughs> the happiness to your office. <laughs> but with that being said, jumping right into it here today, you know, part of where, as we spoke about before, we, we want to talk about is people come to you and they say, Kate, I'm not where I want to be. I want to make that jump. I suppose if I can open it up to you, um, I'd love just to start today off just to talk a little bit about when someone comes to you and probably for people listening to or probably asking themselves in their head, when they come to you and say, Kate, I'm not where I want to be, I'd love if you can just start to walk us through the process of the questions or the things you look to ask them or investigate about them in order to start to provide the framework and the understanding of who they are and helping to, to, to build that plan. So where do you start I mean, for yeah. people? Yeah, so so for me, it's usually like from a really practical perspective, I usually start with a questionnaire with people, but taking it more outside of that, like what I'm really looking to understand with people initially is like, where are they actually and, and kind of what are they looking to achieve and how much do they really know about where they want to go? Because they're... Some people come to me when they have absolutely no idea what they want to do. All they know is that they hate where they're at. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're miserable and they want to do some meaningful work. Sorry, I'm about to cough. No worries. And they're trying to kind of move towards a life that's a little bit more fulfilling based or a lot more fulfilling based on the work that they're doing. So then you've got people who maybe have a few ideas um they've got some thoughts about the, where they might want to head and you know they need a bit of help clarifying that and then you've got the people who are like yep i want to start this business and i'm and i'm ready to go so really a lot of where i start is about trying to to nut that out with people um and getting a sense of like do they understand what the vision is and if so, what is that vision? Or if they don't have a clear vision, what's, what's the hazy vision that they might have? So mm -hmm. often it's, um, it's questions around, well, tell me about your career journey today or your business journey today. Like, what have you been doing? You know, what are your skills? 
um, what's your experience? So I get a really good sense of, of where they've come from. And, and that's important to kind of understand where they've come from, but it's also really important to understand what's possible for where they're going to. And something I often see with a lot of my, my clients is that they're, they're not actually, they don't own the journey that they've had. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to kind of move that into where they want to go. And and that's a big part of kind of later down the process of really helping them kind of own their experience and, and understand their value to kind of take that next leap. Um, but so a lot of it's about that. Um, <clears throat> then there's kind of things around really understanding that vision. And, and this might be like simple questions like, do you have any ideas about the vision you want to create? And What's that something special that you really want to share with the world? How do you want to have an impact? Um, and, and that'll get a sense for me about, you know, is there something there that, mm-hmm. that they're kind of wanting to toy with? Um, but then, if, if I can, so when somebody yeah. says, um, you know, there are two questions I kind of want to jump into actually. And the first one says, when people tell you what they want to do in the world, what's the process? Because I'm sure probably to a certain level, somebody can articulate, oh, I want, you know, I want a a lifestyle that allows me to stay home and provide for my family, or I want to provide an opportunity to to do some, you know, I see, uh, you know, I see a a gap in in the corporate world I can sort of fill. So when, when people when people tell you those sorts of things, what's the process in terms of really trying to drill down into that a little bit deeper? I mean, are you asking like, why do you want to do that? And trying to take them on a little bit of the journey of the underlying assumptions maybe they have through that part of the process? Or how are you sort of going about investigating, you know, their beliefs or what they say during that process? Yeah. So like another follow-up question I have is, um, is actually about beliefs. So it's like, um, you know, what are the things that you're most passionate about? What do you believe? Do you have any life philosophies? Um, and, and I say to them, look, this can really be anything. It can be anything that pops into your head. It doesn't have to go in a particular direction. And, and it's interesting that sometimes people will bring up, you know, their beliefs are really around, you know, providing for their family or whatever it might be. Or it might be, um, I really believe in the environment and, you know, something that's more kind of... Um, like a philosophical belief or um, you can hear Jack's in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Or it could be something um, that's more around, I really believe that, you know, the way that we treat humans is, uh, or other humans is how we are perceived in the world. I don't know what it might be, but it kind of gives you a sense of of what's really important to them and where they might want to go. And Mm. often depending on how they answer that, you know, it's always really interesting when someone answers on a really, really, from a really personal way. Mm-hmm. And that often gives me a bit of an insight into the fact that maybe, you know, the personal and family side might be more important to them. So if that's the way that we're wanting to go, or if we're redesigning their career or creating a new business, that it has to bring those values in and those beliefs in, where if it's it's something that's more on the kind of work philosophy side or mm. kind of the, the thing they want to create and they've got this real vision that's like well well that's it's more about vision so it's <clears throat> that really kind of gives us a sense of where to begin with people I suppose um yeah. I don't know if that answered your question <laughs> no no it totally does I mean I asked that um probably where I come from that and something I found really introspective in my own journey is you know like even myself if you ask me Dustin why do you want to start a business <laughs> Chief happiness officer is working yeah. right there. 
if you had asked me, uh, you know, what I wanted, I, I probably would have told you, look, I want to make a ton of money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what I found really introspective over the journey, and I read a book called The Code of an Extraordinary Mind, where I can't remember, can't pronounce his name to save my life, but he talks about means goals versus end goals, right? Mm-hmm. And money is a means to something, right? A business is a means to something. A job is a means to something else, right? You don't necessarily get fulfillment from the job you give fulfillment what the job provides you or those opportunities or the the things that money provides you as well so i've just become really aware that a lot of the times the things that we say we we want in life aren't the actual things we we want in life we want what those things access right mm, um yeah that sort of thing so I'm, I'm really curious when people are saying oh look i you know i want to again make want to make a lot of money or i want to be able to work from home um it's like well, well why do you want those things right like yeah, what yeah. you have that making a million dollars will give you or working from home will give you kind of thing right so being able to sort of analyze it if that makes sense yeah and look in in most cases people will will share that initially like usually it's pretty um front and center and in terms of the money side of things i probably get less clients coming to me with that because most of the people well all of the people i'm working for are are people that are looking for kind of a more meaningful career so um or, or business um but yeah, that's that definitely does come into it. But you you generally get a sense of it through through those initial questions. And I think mm-hmm. another one that for me is one that always really digs into kind of what the what the underlying either goal or problem or challenge or thing that we really need to address is. Um, I'll often ask the clients like, "What has your intuition been telling you lately?" Mm-hmm. So, what's that thing or things that you feel in your gut or your heart? that you really need to acknowledge or change. <clears throat> and that usually kind of strips the layers back a little bit. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll often get to that point in, in the questionnaire and that's right towards the end. And they come out with something that they haven't said already. And I'm like, oh, really? so that's what that's really about. So there's, yeah. this, there's this other thing. And that might be around, it, it, it's always the thing that they're kind of afraid to admit yeah. to themselves. But by asking that question, I, I make them admit it to themselves yeah i would imagine that when you're sitting down with people and even people listening it's a very it can be a very deeply personal journey as well mm. and it can have a lot of pain probably a little bit on the journey yeah. as well too right so trying yeah. to get to people to sort of lean into that pain a little bit more about why they've done the things that they've done or mm-hmm. why they're seeking the change in their life as well i think that's a really important one um now something we've talked a little bit about as well i know beforehand and i think it's really really important and this this idea goes slightly contrary to 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 my favorite person in the world simon senek and <laughs> the sort of discussion we had a little bit earlier on about the relationship of why and how maybe it's not necessarily the best question that's fair to say the best thing yeah. I would say it's not that it's not the best question it's that it's not the only question it, so yeah. I think we're we're a bit like why saturated right now like Simon Sinek has done an amazing job of bringing people back to their why everybody's talking about purpose at the moment everyone's talking about meaning and that's really really important and I do think that that is kind of the place you want to that you want to start if you're trying to bring in bring more meaningful work into your life. Just one caveat on that though, is that like, I don't believe that purpose is like an end destination. Mm-hmm. It's like something you cultivate over years and years and years and it can bend and it can change. And like, if you don't have your purpose, you can still have an impact. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find meaning by having an impact, even if you don't know your purpose. So just want that little caveat there. But in terms of the how, I think where people in work often kind of, some of the things why we find ourselves frustrated in our work or not enjoying what we do, yes, the why is part of it, but a lot of the time it's, it's often the how as well. So it's like, <clears throat> it might be that um, you're really like a, a team person and you love working in teams and you found yourself working in an environment where you're often working solitary. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be something like, um, like for me, for example, like when I began to transition out of more traditional kind of service experience design consulting work and move more into kind of develop personal and professional development, for me, I found it really frustrating that I was constantly doing new things where I wasn't getting to really build my my knowledge in a certain area. Yes, I was getting to build my tool set in human-centered design, but nothing around a particular area of kind of expertise in a certain subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I found the cycles of, um, of project work really, really difficult. They were really like you ease in, you go full steam ahead for three months, you like work like a crazy mofo to deadline and then I'd come out of it going oh my god what the hell happened and it'd take me three weeks just to kind of reacclimatize to life and then it'd start all over again so that was all about the how that was about how the the cycles of the work were affecting me the um you know whether it's team-based or individual like all those kinds of things can really impact how you relate to your work and if you're going about redesigning your work really important to tap into those things because you can have the best why in the world and if you find yourself um you know and a great example of this is coaches people go i want to be a coach i want to help people i want to like have the flexible lifestyle this is awesome i'm going to be a coach they forget that it's running a business they forget that you are not just someone who walks into a clinic and, and sets some gets to coach people you have to do the marketing the selling the whatever and so that's about the how so um yeah if we don't think about that and we don't really give that the same attention as the why we can find ourselves in hot water yeah i think i think that's brilliant and if i can i think that's been a really big area that i've i've really been focusing on a lot more i, I meet a lot of people who go oh i want to contribute more in this particular area they they've they've, they've they're more or less thank goodness to Simon Sinek, you know, they're more or less clear or have mm. something to say about their why. But the part I find really interesting, and I've met a lot of professionals from a variety of backgrounds who go, I want to do this, but they come from corporate for 10 years and they're really good at their profession, but there's a whole another side of it. So it's really something I've been on a journey on even yeah. the last year in my own, my own, you know, career to realize that there's so much more to it. The actual delivery aspect is the pinnacle of it. But if you, if you, if you're not a fan of, you know, marketing or business development or the accounting or the bookkeeping or everything else, your, your why is not really built on a foundation that's sustainable. So trying to understand that and maybe entrepreneurship, maybe being an employee working for somebody else, is going to help you get that. Maybe the the banner of just go start your own business isn't necessarily um, the best thing to do, right? We don't necessarily, I think, think about. One thing as well, I I, I thought was really interesting and I want to talk about as well and and kind of segueing off that a little bit is is this process that you take people through to be maybe a bit more, uh, do a bit of a gauge in terms of their life as well. Because obviously, again, we can all aspire to do entrepreneurship. We can all do those things. But um, 
that process isn't always realistic. I'd love if you can just take us through the process a little bit more about how to gauge what is the best outcome or what is the best pathway to achieve what we want to achieve kind of thing. So, you know, sitting down with somebody and trying to figure out what is the risk appetite and, you know, what's their lifestyle at the moment and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So so one of my kind of beliefs is it is that it is really important that we look at work and life together because they're not separate. And often whatever's going on our li- in our life is really affecting how we're able to work and how we're able to make this transition successful or unsuccessful. And, and if we don't look at those life as- aspects and, and consider them in this whole picture, we could easily fall flat on our face with, with the, the business or the career change, whatever it might be. So one of the the really important ones and you you mentioned it there is kind of looking at risk and and i i say look at your whole personal position from a kind of financial a financial aspect um a time aspect and and a risk risk aspect so you know if you are a 25 year old with no debt no house no partner living with your parents (laughs) um lucky you (laughs) (laughs) live in the dream (laughs) maybe not lucky living with your parents i don't know it depends on your parents um but um you know that's a very different position to a um a working mom who's doing four days a week has one day to herself to do all the housework her husband travels a lot you know she's um maybe doing the kid pickups as well and everything and amongst all of that um, and doesn't have a moment to herself and, you know, the family together are paying a mortgage and, um, you know, she, she's always had, uh, you know, the feeling like she's not good enough or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So all of those kinds of things um, really create the conditions for a perfect storm of kind of not being able to move forward really. Yeah. So, so first you have to understand that. And I think, on the, the expense side of things and how that relates to risk, um, I often tell people to get really clear on how much you actually need to live, yeah. um, to pay your debts, to um, or just, you know, your mortgage or whatever it might be, to have, even it might be to have the kind of lifestyle you want and, and build that in and go, right, what do I actually need? Because a lot of times people won't make a move because they think that they're not going to have enough to do Perceived it. Perceived risk, yeah. When in actual fact that they might, or it's like once you know the lay of the land, then you can make decision, decisions. You go, well, okay, well, if this is the baseline, then, okay, maybe to do this, all I need to do is um, is take a, an extra day, you know, I can afford an extra day a week um, where I'm not working. So I can work three days rather than four days. And then that frees me up to do some of this stuff for mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. But until you get that picture of where you're at, it's really hard to make decisions. And, you know, I, you'd be surprised how many people don't know that stuff. And often it's, it's a relative situation. Like I couldn't tell you that right now because it's less of an important thing for me. But when you're yeah. making these decisions, it's really, really important. Um, then you've got the other things like, um, like kind of understanding like what your barriers might be. So, and you know, money is one of them. Time is one of them. Have you got the headspace for this? And th- this is one of the biggest ones I see for people wanting to transition into something new. They're often still in the thing that they're in. And for whatever reason, 
you know, they, they can't just jump out because financially that's, that's not going to work or their risk appetite is that they're not going to do that. So it's kind of going, well, how can I, you know, what, what are the conditions that I need to change first in order to enable me to make this move? And I think I'm kind of jumping ahead in, in the conversation here a little bit, but, um, <clears throat> but something that's often really important is, is creating the space mm-hmm. in order to make the transition. So, you know, if, if you don't have any time to be exploring, thinking, planning, um, working on this transition, you're not going to make the transition. So the first step in someone's transition might often be finding the job that's actually going to give them that little bit of space or planning their life so that they've got that space to then make the transition. So it, it kind of often happens in, in steps. Yeah, it's not just where they are to all of a sudden where they want to be yeah. at the end. If you don't go A to you don't go A to kind of thing there's a b and a c through the process but that's right i I gotta ask as well too i mean um uh, i'm I'm really curious from your experience uh, when you sit down with people and and you maybe do run their finances and you probably have had a chat with them and you've gone okay this is your why this is some of the how they maybe know where they want to be but then you're looking at the numbers and going "Ooh, there's not a lot of room here or um you know, if the, if to, to maybe make that move to maybe make that space might be challenging. How do you help people to um, maybe make some sacrifices in their life? Right. I mean, we're all pretty comfortable. We're all <laughs> driving our, driving our cool car, uh, you know, Ooh. got a nice house kind of thing. How, how do you help people uh, maybe reorientate themselves around maybe some tough choices they have to make even about time as well maybe they are busy and now they maybe have to go upskill themselves Mm. how do you help people move past those barriers where there's going to be financial stress or time stress or it's going to make things worse maybe before it makes it better kind of thing how do you go about that process yeah yeah that's a great question look I think usually it's One thing is that there's a little bit of a tough conversation. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's about getting real with yourself. It's like, how much do you want this? Yeah. And is it going to be worth it? And it's kind of, it's really asking, like, what are you prepared to give for this? Because mm-hmm. often, you know, like things just don't come. You, you do have to, to make this time. Um, and look, I think it's about working with them to, Often I think people don't see possible solutions to their perceived um, barriers as well. So sometimes it's about working together to just open their minds up a little a little about that. So it might be doing some brainstorming together where we where we throw some ideas back and forth and really getting into kind of a really open mindset, like chucking crazy ideas out there just to kind of get them thinking differently about do you have, do you have an example of what that like how that how that process might look? Yeah. So it could be even just like if we, if we were in a session together, it could be sitting there together going, okay, so, um, so you're telling me that you've, you've got to pick up your kids every day at three 30, um, from, from school. And that's one of the things that's really causing you a barrier and you don't have money to pay for a babysitter. Okay. What are some, or to someone to pick them up? What are some ways that we could deal with that? Okay. So I'll just throw an idea out and you throw one back at me. I'm like, okay, so you could ask a friend to do it what else could you do? Mm-hmm. 
you could ask try to ask some family to see if they can go pick her up yeah exactly or um you know perhaps you could um you know if it's a if it's financial thing you could offer to do it for someone else to uh as a as a swap so then you know you're not having to pay for someone or maybe you can't afford to pay a babysitter but maybe you can offer something else like you know some of your services if you're you know, a financial planner, can you, I don't know. So it's just about kind of yeah. throwing ideas around it and playing with that. And then maybe looking at, okay, well, a lot of times it might be someone believes that something else in the situation can't change. And it's about challenging mm-hmm. those assumptions. Often um, something I get people to look at in this whole package is like how their relationships and how their their personal um you know, interactions with whether it be, you know, spouses or partners or friends or family or whatever might be kind of contributing to their situation or dogs. Um, and and really making sure that they're having those kind of negotiations with the, the loved ones in their life to make sure that they're not doing it alone. Because I think what a lot of people think is that this is the thing that I'm changing, but often the thing that you're changing as an individual has massive implications on your your whole family and and often you can't make the change really without the support of of your family so it might be the partner kind of stepping up a bit while you do this it might be it might be the partner having to give up something that that they're doing to enable you a little bit more financial um, ability to to pay for the whatever it is that you need it might be you know you've got a course so you want to upskill um, and those are all negotiations. And I think sometimes um, that's a really hard thing mm-hmm. for people to do, particularly if they've been in um, situations where those negotiations haven't been on the table before. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just providing support as well. Um, and, you know, if someone was to do this on their own, um, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily have to have a coach or whatever. Um, it might be like finding the support of somebody who gets it um, who's been through it or something who can kind of help you through those conversations or, you know, it might be finding um, a third party that's kind of part, can be part of the conversation. So let, let's say another example, let's say you actually need to, as a mum or something, start training your kids a bit better to, yeah. I, I'm doing the little inverted comma things there, um, to to take more responsibility uh to do their own washing up to whatever and so that might be the the mediator or the person that helps you with that is your partner um or it might be that it's it's a one of their friends or something like that who has more of a relationship like that with their their parents so just kind of again trying to think creatively about how you get the support you need to make those changes and one thing you said in there, uh, and, and I really love, and it kind of makes me, kind of brings me back to a quote. I want to say it's Einstein, but I think Einstein's quoted for everything that nobody <laughs> can really remember. But yeah. it's it's the idea that the the, the thinking that got you to where you are isn't going to mm. be the thinking that gets you forward, right? Yeah. And one thing I found is uh, is really interesting is when you sit a lot of people sit with a lot of people and you start to understand what the barriers are and you start to challenge those barriers they've created a lot of meaning and a lot of belief around those particular things right like oh the kids need me to pick them up from three th- at three thirty. they expect to see me kind of thing right it's like okay well fair enough like they very well may um but how can we maybe start to change that or how can we start to maybe uh create meaning elsewhere as well too mm-hmm. and really challenging those those really deep-seated beliefs and yeah. maybe they're right 
but maybe they're not, or maybe there's something else we can do around that. And maybe the problems in which we view our problems maybe aren't problems in the first place. I love that you say that. Like, I think, I think that's really beautiful because I think often these opportunities for change in our, in our working lives, um, whether it be building a business or a, a different career, they often present beautiful opportunities to, to uplift the other areas of our life because yeah. Yeah, you start having to the the tensions are there, so it's like you know you 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 actually have to work on releasing those tensions to provide yeah. the space for you to be able to do those things. And often the tension is, you know, not all the tensions are in the actual workspace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I've I've a big belief that how you do anything is how you do everything, right? Mm-hmm. So that, whether it be you know we're looking at starting a business, it's my belief that. It's just it's just a mechanism, right? There's many other mechanisms, and they're maybe all sort of being rooted in the same thoughts, values, and beliefs that are permeating through in the different aspects of our life. But one other one other area, kind of very adjacent to this, um, and I think something really deeply personal to myself and my own journey, and, and again, sort of very segue to what we've talked about. But it's trying to how do you go about trying to get people to give different meaning to different things? So to be to give you an example of what I mean by that. Had a really interesting conversation with a lady not too long ago, and she's on this she's on this journey of looking to <laughs> looking to oh <laughs> he wants he wants to chime in as well too he wants yeah, to yeah. Chime in too. but she was really looking at starting her own process and one of the things I asked her about why she hadn't it was she had a, a big fear of failure and about losing and about losing time and the perception of that as well too and getting her to try to maybe apply different meaning to what that mm. outcome is or the relationship to those outcomes in her mind as well as for yourself when you're sitting down with people and, and evaluating those barriers are there any tips or tricks or techniques that you maybe provide people to help to reorientate themselves but the meaning that certain events or certain things or how they believe they're perceived in the world um, to maybe mm. create more of a healthy relationship with those things? Yeah. Um, often I'll get people to um, like get outside perspective or find outside people that are doing similar things or like, cause I think we, we always, until we have an example of, yeah. of who we want to be or what we're achieving, it, it can be really hard. But um you know, if, if we, like I had a, a client the other day who was, who was talking about kind of CV anxiety about if she takes time out, yeah. what does that mean for her CV? Um, so, so what we looked at doing was like, okay, well, how can she get some perspective on that? Um, and part of the problem was that there was perspective on that from certain places that was negative, but it was like, okay, yeah. but, but then also going, if you look at where you're wanting to go, how important is that pers- that negative pers- um, perspective, even yeah. if it's your own? It's like, so if, if what you're wanting is to have a really meaningful working life and the thing that you're worried about is starting again when you absolutely hate your accounting job, for example, yeah. it's like, what do you really want? Well, I really want the meaningful work. Well, You've, you've got to give up that belief because that belief is the thing that is getting in the way of you moving to where you want to go. So I think, I think sometimes it's like it's not that they don't know that question. It's just about saying, hey, no, what do you really want? Can you get there if you don't let this go? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think uh, I've said this many times and ironically enough, I've got a chat with him very soon about this new mini series that I'm producing. I've been talking way too much about and it is coming out soon, I do promise. Um, is a quote by uh, Michael Back and, and I, I love this. And he talks about that the greatest obstacle to a great life is a good life because mm. we're just, you, you're in your job. It's okay. It's okay. It's good. It's fine. It makes, you know, pays the bills and you're home with five mm-hmm. kind of thing. But sometimes it's really about, um, you know, things have to be really bad, but they're not. So again, how much do you really, really want this? And are you willing to sort of take that leap kind of thing? Eh? Yeah, I think that's a, a good point to mention as well. Um, people um, are trying to make a change or, or go into a new business. Like often what I will really encourage them to do um, is to make sure that they're actually focusing on the thing that they really want. Um, because it's it's really easy to kind of go, all right, well, I'm going to jump the chasm into something or and put myself into something that maybe is a step in the right direction, but is not not fully where I want to go. And that's okay if it's part of your transition strategy. Mm. If you're if you're just aiming for something that you're not really sure sure about or not 100% passionate about or is not going to be the thing that you really want to do forever, to your, the best of your knowledge, because we can change as well. Mm. It's like you're just going to find yourself in this same position in another five years' time going, oh, why didn't I just, like, do this properly in the first place. Um, and I think the reason why often people are a little hesitant to kind of go straight for that thing that they want is what, what I see a lot of people do is they go, right, I, I don't know if I can really do this, so I'm not going to admit yeah. to myself that I really want it. Yeah. And what I often say to my, my clients is, hey, you need to separate what you want and what you think is possible because you need to focus on that what you want first. Yeah. And get that really clear. And then once you've worked for that, then you can worry about how to make it possible. And yeah, there might be some little, some little things that you need to change along the way, but, but don't let it cloud your vision because otherwise you'll, you'll not be able to get clear on what you really want if you're trying to combine the two. Yeah, I think that's great, actually. And interestingly enough, um, I was actually just having a chat with uh, somebody else about this the other day, who's also going to be a part of the mini series, uh, is this idea about even for yourself listening. And I think this is a great technique is even just because a lot of the time we can try to we can try to be a little bit too rational, I think, in terms of that. You're like, oh, I can't really do that. It's I'm not skilled. I'm not blah, mm. right? You'll always find a reason. But even if you just pretend for a second, even just pretend that you want to put yourself into a box and that you can achieve anything, you're the smartest, you know, most genius person in the world kind of thing, right? Strip away those limiting beliefs and play Superman for a second and just think about what that process would look like, right? Believe in yourself, you can do it. Even if you're just pretending, right, for a second, you're somebody yeah. else, you're your best friend, <laughs> you, all you know is the smartest person, but just yeah. for a second, put yourself in that safe box and, and, and don't let that monkey mind um, come into play and then just map that out kind of thing, right? And then from that process, maybe just take the first step just the small mm. step, prove to yourself you can do it. Um, small little baby steps kind of thing, right? And, and give yourself a reason why you can do it, right? You always find yeah. a reason why you can't do it. Yeah. But maybe try to find yourself a reason why you think you can do it. Those little yeah, things. totally. I was actually just talking to a friend today. You've just reminded me, and this is another great example of where finding an example of where you want to go um, is really great and finding someone who's done it. <clears throat> um, I was saying to him today, because he was like trying to, we were doing some strategy about where he wants to take his business. <coughs> and, and I said to him, I think you can get to where you want to go in five to seven years. It was a pretty big vision. I'll tell you. So it's kind of, you know, it sounds like a long time, but, and he's like, really, what makes you say that? And I'm like, well, 
because other people have done it. Yes. Yeah. You know, and you're a smart guy and you're good at what you do and what you've got to say is really important. And there's, I think there's a market for it, but you know, people have done it. And like, there's always somebody that's gone before us that maybe like not as smart as us, not as attractive as us, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever yeah. it is. There's always somebody yeah. out there. Like you've seen those, have you ever done that thing where you look at someone and you go, and I'm not any, no disrespect here, but you go, why, why couldn't I do that? Yeah. I, if I can do it, I can do it. Like, you know? Yeah. Look, I mean, in a, in a sense that that is the Y2 podcast, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I love my guests and they're, they're, they are very smart, hardworking, amazing individuals. But the whole point of what the Y2 podcast is trying to be is just, is to say, Hey, don't look at, don't look at Steve Jobs. Don't look at Bill Gates. <laughs> don't look at Mark Zuckerberg. They're the yeah. wrong role models, right? Mm-hmm. These sort of like, you know, everyday-ish people, people you walk by on the street, people who haven't come from better backgrounds or have all their shit figured out or come from entrepreneurial backgrounds. Mm. In fact, many of my guests have come from places of disadvantage, right? Mm. And the whole point of the podcast is to say, hey, if these people can do it, these everyday people can do it, why can't you, right? And and from a genuine place of, well, why can't you, right? Like there's there's probably a reason why you can, but mm. it's not because you're not smart enough, you're not talented enough. It's probably just a relationship around beliefs and mindset and, you know, asking better questions and that sort of thing, right? Perseverance yeah. and the relationship and the narrative that they craft for themselves that makes them gritty. They're not just gritty because they're mm. gritty. They're yeah. gritty because of these small steps and these processes and these narratives and these journeys that they've created for themselves. And it's just steps. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. why can't you dissect it and make it your own and, and yeah. own that process? So Yeah, you've touched on something that I'm super passionate about, which is about, and this kind of relates back to the the idea of finding that thing that's meaningful for you and actually pursuing that thing that's that is meaningful because I I really believe that when we find that thing that is the combination of kind of what's meaningful to us and like what our strengths are, but like just, just what's us, what's really unique to us Mm. is that is when we really step into our potential. Like we can try and do somebody else's thing till the cows come home and, and not get anywhere. Um, But it's like, if you do, if you do you essentially, you'll you'll be successful. Um, And like, it's so much harder to do that is to say like I I struggle with it all the time like there's so much noise particularly with social media and like we have other people's version of whatever it is that they're doing in our face every day yeah it's it's hard to do but if, if you can do that then yeah you'll you'll be awesome and you'll do your thing yeah, absolutely. And I, I think of that too. I mean, I, I do want to transition to the next section, but I think of anything to me, this is sort of the most important part of this is quite often we are our own worst enemy, right? And mm. we need to we need to be aware of that. We need to understand that. And that's okay. I'm the same way as well too, right? I can be pretty harsh on myself um, and I can, uh, you know, sometimes I'm not always in my corner cheering for myself, right? And, and that's okay. I understand that. And there's certainly a growth and that's why meditation. And I know you and I could probably have a whole other chat there. A whole other chat about that, yeah. But even to try to encourage people that if they don't think they can do it, again, it's a matter of why can't they think they can do it and go find somebody who can help you, right? Yeah. So like you said, you know, whether it be people reach out to you and have a chat with you, whether they reach out to me, whether they go find somebody who's on that journey or been on that journey or can find a coach or, or you know, an advocate or somebody who believes in them, somebody who can ask them those straight questions and can really, you know, force them to think and try to help reshape that narrative. It's not, I don't think it needs to be something that people just sitting in their room or on the tram or on the car listening to and thinking about, but go find somebody, 
right? Go ask yeah. for help. There's lots of people out there that want to help. So if you don't think you can do it, go find somebody who can help you, you know? Yep, totally. But on that, I do want to go into the next part. And this is kind of this idea of taking a step back that we've been talking a lot about questions and about the process of really getting somebody you take them through and people should be going through to really try to understand and analyze and be clear and draw some clarity around what they want to do. But I suppose once you've asked all those questions, how do you start to bring it all together into some sort of plan? I mean, you kind of briefly talked about, you know, if somebody needs some more space, then maybe that's the key thing. Mm. But I mean, overall, how do you approach helping people start to create some, uh, a map or a plan? Yeah, yeah. So, so when you're kind of starting to look at all the different factors that you have in play, you start kind of working out, well, well, what kind of a transition is this? Is this a transition where I can just jump from A to B or do I need to add some steps in between? And I often like to talk to people about what's the exit strategy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in, in entrepreneurship, we have our exit strategy for how we exit our business. But it's just kind of the same if you're trying to exit a career into, into something new. You kind of you have to plan that out and you have to go, all right, well, what are the steps? What do I need to build up? Like, okay, is it building up some income? So in that case, it might be like, okay, head down, no holidays, no eating out for the next couple Mm -hmm. of months so that you can build up some money. And that might be step one. And then it's, okay, create some, some space and time and that might be like building up the financial basis might be so you can drop back to four days a week from your job mm-hmm. so you have a day to work on your thing or work on your getting out of the, the you know, the job you're in or whatever it might be. Um, and it, it really depends on the, the personal circumstances and what those barriers are to them getting there. Um, and, yeah, just finding the, the transition <clears throat> that, that gets them there. And, and I find with a lot of my clients, often it's not a direct step. They need yeah. to put those steps in the middle, particularly to create the space, the headspace and the time. Um, and, and often we really, we think about these things in, in a sense of time, but often I think it's more the headspace. Yeah. Um, you know, you can, you can have a really full working life where you're, you're quite, you've got a quite high pressure job or something like that, that, um, yeah, you might be getting home at a decent hour, but your your brain is so full of the other stuff that you don't have the time and energy to, to work on your stuff outside of hours. Um, so it's kind of about, well, how, how do you create that so so that you can make the step? And sometimes for, for some people, that's that's actually one of the steps is getting a different job so that they can... Yeah still kind of maintain their, their income while they, they make the change. And it might be sometimes taking a slight step back in income. It might be um, moving, like getting a job closer to home. There's, there's these stats around, like one of the biggest things you can do to improve, I think it's your, your happiness or your satisfaction in life, is to get a job closer to home. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Like, I love that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, if it's something like often, often it's, it's finance, time and headspace. Yeah. It's really about those, those three things um, and, and working out how, how you make that, that happen. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I, again, and, and I think back to one of my favorite conversations around this topic is uh, Adam Jellick. Uh, he's the, one of the, uh, the manager director, founder of a company called My Goals. My Goals, yep. yeah. And I've actually got my My Goals sitting right beside me. It sits on a little, uh, like a cookbook stand that always sits beside me and it's staring yep. me in the face. Yep. Uh, but one of the things I love is he had the vision for My Goals 
a long, a long before he left his full-time working job, right? Because he realized mm-hmm. that to start this, um, it wasn't a sort of just, okay, start, you quit, and you got this idea and go for it. He mm-hmm. worked on it for years and years and years. It wasn't even so much the business, but it was working on the skill sets as well, right? So mm-hmm. he managed yeah. to find a job that had a lot of synergies in a sense in a very yeah. simplified yeah. version to what he needed to do. He was able to work from home. Yeah. He then managed to get a job where he was able to essentially do both what he was doing, but he was on the road, so he was able to stop in at clients as well too, right? Um, and so trying to create that, trying to create a little bit of space or finding something. I spoke with somebody the other day, and they were, again, looking to transition from uh, uh, from the corporate world into their own thing. And I said, mm. well, why don't you go become, why don't you go work for somebody else in terms of like a contractor kind of thing? Go, go work on an agency side consulting as an example. So from internal to external. So you can start to understand part of the process in more of a safe environment, start to learn the business side of it, start to learn the instability, create yourself, you know, just time and money mm. kind of thing before you make that jump kind of thing, right? So again, mm. what is the processes? What is the gaps? What are the things that you can't do? And why can't you do it? Make a plan yeah. towards it, right? Yeah, you, you picked up on something there that I missed from that last few things that often are the, the, the reasons why you need to take a few steps. The other one is, yeah, upskilling and education. Um, often, often there is an upskilling and education piece to the puzzle. And, and I think you bang on in terms of how do you, if you can find ways to make, integrate that into, you know, the, the transition that also gives you the space or whatever it is, or, or also gives you the fulfillment until mm. you can make the full leap is really great like another one of my clients um you know something that she was working towards was kind of like more ceo roles and um and she was kind of looking at well what what's the the missing piece to her puzzle there and i mean this is another side to the coin actually sometimes too it's that she she didn't actually think that it was going to be worth her while going out and trying to get that experience Mm. that she was missing to get the ceo roles so what it meant is that if she was going for a ceo role she had to go for one where the person there was the right team underneath her Mm -hmm. to kind of fill those gaps too so sometimes it's going and getting the experience and sometimes it's going actually this this is now a, a criteria in my next step that it has to fit this formula. And it might be, you know, the type of team you're working with. It might be that you want a really great mentor at that organisation. It might be that they offer flexibility so um, you can have your music career on the side, whatever it is. But it's like, yeah, making sure that, um, yeah, part of that transition step and moving to the next one is, is working out that criteria for what you need to get, get the next one ahead. Yeah. And on that too, I want to ask, so we've, we've talked a lot about, and this is kind of my fault, probably I'm, I'm being a little bit too introspective in these conversations, but <laughs> yeah, it's great. what about, what about for people who maybe come to you and say, Kate, I've got no idea what I want to do. I know I'm not happy. I know where I'm at sucks. Um, and I want to do something else. Um, I suppose, how do you, how do you help them create a plan to, help solve that question which maybe you yeah can. yeah How so, do you know about that process yeah so this is more of a kind of an exploratory process where we usually i'll start with some kind some questions to to get them you know thinking i'll be like okay so <clears throat> what are the times for example um on the weekend where you're just feeling really happy what are you doing uh, well, I might be like eating out with friends or I might be going for a walk in the park or I might be, and often like they're things that are day-to-day stuff. Um, 
But if you like, if you listen to those answers, you can often pick something up and, or it might be, okay, well, what do you love about walking in the park? Oh, well, I love being in nature and I love the, the sense of space it creates. And so that can give you a couple of clues. Um, and it might not be that it leads anywhere, but you know, then you can go, okay, well, how do you think you might explore, you know, the idea of, of bringing nature into your career mm-hmm. or something like that? Um, and look, to be honest, usually people don't have absolutely no idea. There's usually <laughs> yeah. a spark of something there. And it's kind of through asking a few questions that you, you've got to kind of work out what that spark is. And this is hard to do for yourself. So I think even like a coach is a great person to help with this. But if you know, you're not into going and finding a coach, um, finding a friend that you know is good with listening in questions like, yeah. <laughs> not, not someone who's going to kind of be like oh you should totally do this like you know you want someone to ask you a string of questions yeah um and often like also I, I think the other thing is again digging into those beliefs and values with people so you know sometimes values can lead you because you can go down you can go straight to the why but you can mm-hmm. also go to the how thing so you know if you're chatting to people and you say, well, what's really, what's really important to you in life? And they say, well, making sure I've got time to spend with my kids. If that's the really important thing, then that automatically you've got something to work with there, which is something that's, that's flexible around kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go, okay, well, you know, what are some flexible jobs that you've seen other people do that, that you've gone, oh, that's interesting. And you just kind of work from there. And it's, I think it's about, it's about exploring using your curiosity and kind of just using any little thread that might be something and then following it for a bit. And if it goes nowhere, chucking it out and following something else, like, but letting yourself go down a road and go, yep, yep, yep. yep, And then changing direction. It's kind of, it's that, um, what is it like divergent thinking, just Mm. kind of chucking the ideas out there and then, and then coming back. I think that's really important. And, and uh, I don't know if I've really told this story on the podcast. So, but, you know, one of the things that's led me to where I am today was a, a question that was asked of me. And it was basically uh, this long story short, this guy asked me uh, when I was bartending, he, he came to the bar and he was just hanging out. He, I was in university, second year uni, no idea what I do with my life. I had quickly established what I didn't want to do. And I'll come back to that in a moment. But he asked me, I, you know, why are you doing, what are you, what are you looking to do with your life? Right. Stupidest question in the world. I've mm. hated. But anyway, <laughs> he asked me that question and I started to give him a real non-answer. And probably after the second minute, he told me to shut up politely. And he said, okay. He said, if you look back on all the things you've done in your life, he said, you know, where did, where did you draw a lot of satisfaction or a lot of happiness? And you came home and you were just really happy or excited about what you'd done that day. And that really, really simple question was a massive catalyst mm. in my life, a real inflection yeah. point that, kind of what you mentioned earlier before I'd written off my whole life, right? I'd written off my McDonald's job and I'd written off my paper route and I'd worked mm-hmm. off my in- industry jobs and my bartending jobs and my retail jobs and the plethora of other bajillions of things I seem to have done before I was 25. And I basically wrote it all off, but that moment forced me to go back and I actually began to discover the clues in which have led me to where I am today. And it's yeah. been just a searching for a greater manifestation of that. And I've certainly made some steps along the way like one of my favorite examples is I worked uh, coming from Northern Canada in a sawmill as all good Canadians do with our lumberjacks and, you know, or, you know, plaid shirts and all that. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, I, I was working alone. Um, it was dirty, noisy, uh, long hours, very physical job. And I was pretty much in isolation. And I very quickly established that, ooh, I don't like this. I don't want yeah. to do things like this. And so the rest of my career, I've made choices based on that, right? So there's no yeah. failure. There's feedback and having yeah. that perspectiveness and then trying something mm -hmm. out. And even if it's just take a course or, yeah. you know, yeah. buy a book, even if you can start to pull those threads, like you said, if yeah. you can start to really go, that's a test. Yeah, I didn't like that. That's a test. Oh, I like this. Let me go find a bit yeah, more yeah, that, right? Yeah. So. yeah. As you were talking then, I, I remembered a couple of other things. Um, one thing that I find really good is like actually looking at, well, what are the things that really piss you off? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> they can be really great um, fuel for for you know direction so like one of my things when I, I used to work in a call center many years ago and one of the <laughs> things that used to really frustrate me about it was that how we were really treated it wasn't them how they were treating us but the job itself was very dehumanizing we were mm -hmm. essentially like chained to our desks with headsets we had very strict rest breaks we you know had adherence targets and it like it was a really uh, like best way to make someone feel unhuman and, and not appreciated is to just treat them like a robot. Yeah. And I think that like that experience and began to feed into my beliefs around how important the work that we do is and how it impacts our lives. Cause that was a point in my life where I was probably not treating my body and myself very well. I was quite, I was in my like twenties, early twenties. So it was like, you know, you do anyway, <laughs> but yeah. I, I really believe that the job had a really big impact on kind of my, my mental health. Uh, even though like I'm the kind of person who doesn't like, I'm pretty happy most of the time, but <laughs> you know, if I look back, it was probably a low point in, in yeah. my mental health. Um, so that was something that has fueled so much of my career. And I've had, you know, more experiences of, of how we, you know, should and shouldn't treat people in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And again, that has really contributed to, so going with those things that really annoy you and kind of saying, well, what's there? Um, another one is actually working from, um, you know, your strengths. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's things like the, and this is not the kind of career coach I am really, but like, you know, things like the Gallup strengths test, I don't go oh, yeah. telling people to go do those usually. However, they are really interesting um, and, you know, can give you some insights. And, you know, if one of them comes up that, you know, one of your, um, like one of mine was, um, I can't remember, it was called like, it was called Woo or something. And it was about winning others over, mm -hmm. which sounds, I think that sounds a bit weird, but but the whole thing was about like, you know, one of my strengths was to really kind of, get people on my side and bring people along on a journey. And it's like, well, okay, well, if that was say somebody else's strength that they learn about something like community engagement could mm -hmm. be a really good option. And like looking at options that link to those strengths. Um, and then a final one, which is something I do with a lot of my clients, I get them to create some work-life principles. So this is um, an exercise that you can do really easily you know, basically draw, grab a piece of paper, you know, separate it into four quadrants and we, we create like an empathy map mm -hmm. uh, and an empathy map is a design, a design tool for those who haven't seen one before. And it basically asks us in a particular situation, what do we or what would we want to think, feel, think and feel, say and do, see and hear in a particular situation. So I mm -hmm. say to people, 
in your ideal working life, what are the things that you would want to see? What are the things that you want to hear? Da, 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 da. And you don't have to know the answers. It's just to the best of your ability, just come up with as many different answers to those different questions as you can. Mm-hmm. And then take all your answers and start to see what, what are the themes that are coming out. If you were to you know, cut up your piece of paper, move all the things around, how can you come up with like three to five different categories of all those things? And it might be something around connection with people. It might be something around having space for, you know, family and loved ones. And then, so once you've got your principles, then you can start looking at options based on, on the principles of how you want to live your working life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Now kind of just wrapping this all up, kind of putting a bit of a, uh, you know, full circle, I guess. And I think we've already kind of touched on this a little bit, but for people that are listening to this that have gone, okay, I've asked myself these questions. I've got some clarity. I've been told some things or asked some things maybe I haven't thought about. Maybe they've thought about their plan a bit more. Hopefully they've, you know, written something out, maybe tried to structure it a bit more. And like we talked about, not looking at A to final destination, but Mm -hmm. trying to trying to put some things in between. I suppose one of the things that I'm really curious about is taking action sometimes Mm -hmm. can be quite scary, right? How yeah. do we know that these steps are going to be the right steps or that those options, that, that, that option, that, that strategy rather, is going to be that right strategy as we move forward? So I, I suppose for yourself, do you have any strategies or what strategies do you work with people to start to, to, start to take those actions? And if they maybe hit a bit of a hiccup, you know, family doesn't want to pick them up or they can't maybe get somebody to pick the kids up at 3.30 or whatever those little uh, pushbacks might be in the process. Do you have any strategies or, or tactics you take people through to help get them to take that action and, and, and to keep keep moving forward even when maybe it gets a bit scary or tiring or exhausting? Yeah. So I think the first point with taking action is to, once you've got your big plan, you've got to break it down and you've got to kind of go, all right, well, what's the next step? Um, And I think something important there is it's not just the next step. It's like, it's what are the next couple of things over a couple of different areas of this that I need to focus on. And it's generally that people aren't just focusing on one thing. It's never just about working out their finances. It's generally like something to do with, you know, their, their relationships and how their personal life is going to work it out. It's something to do with money. It's maybe something to do with what is the, the actual direction and the things. So making sure that they're, looking at a couple of things that they can do, you know, between sessions, which for me is usually about every three weeks that mean they're moving along with these things in some way. And so if they hit a roadblock with one, they're still moving forward with the other things. So, um, so you don't kind of completely grind to a halt, but in terms of kind of hitting roadblocks, like obviously part of it is just kind of going, okay, well, how can we reframe this? If, if that's a true roadblock that we cannot get around, how does that affect everything else? And how do we then need to change the plan? You know? So Mm -hmm. if it's that, you know, you can't get the person to pick the kids up after, you know, after school or whatever, maybe the next option is, okay, well then maybe I really need to find a job that's the Mm part-time job that's going to, you know, allow me to work within school hours as the transition into the thing. So it's, it's about readjusting when something doesn't go the way that you would like it to go. Kind of plan B.1, B.3. Yeah, Yeah. but I I think it's important to not completely change the the plan until you've really given stuff 
a good go in the way that that you want it and, and tried for kind of some different options there and, and sometimes it can be getting a fresh perspective too like going to someone else and mm. go hey this is where I'm stuck like what would you do here like this is what I've done have you got any other ideas because often you know our own perspectives are you know limited you know and even even as coach and and client we might sometimes kind of get to where we think we you know we don't have an answer and then someone else will be like oh well what you could do this and so yeah just fresh perspective can be good yeah i think that's fantastic the thing too i love about that sort of strategy and i found really beneficial in my life is sometimes when we're searching for information we're sort of just put the fire hose to our mouths and just like crank it on right and hope that you know we're able to get something but if you start to break it down then you can start to even ask better questions and start to be a bit more specific about okay I need to, I, I need to find the answer to this, or I need to find somebody who's focused on this specific thing mm-hmm. or this more specific thing. So not that you should cut yourself off from other bits of information, but I think it makes it more tactical and more practical mm-hmm. to go, I've got this problem. I need to go solve this thing. And a big area I see a lot of people struggle with when they're looking to cross the chasm is just this information sort of absorption on steroids. And it's just so much content coming into them, but there's no real specific areas that they're really struggling with. They're just trying to learn. And I've been there too. I mean, before I started the podcast as a really personal example, um, I've talked a lot about this. Um, Jason Price, he, he, he pointed it out that I do a lot of aiming and not a lot of shooting. Right. Um, so I, I was doing that a lot of aiming, a lot of information, like what's the microphone, what's the, the best audio equipment, what are these different strategies? How do I market it? And, and that's good. I mean, there's again, a certain conventional thoughts there, but I, I wasn't really getting feedback. I wasn't really in it. I was just getting so much information. But once I sort of yeah. started to get started in those baby steps, like, okay, now I've actually bought a microphone. Now I've actually plugged the microphone in. Now I've, you know, started to do the editing. Yeah. Okay. Now I've hit this problem with editing. Okay. I probably, I probably heard it because I've probably downloaded enough information in my mind, but I can be really specific about there's a roadblock hurdle that I don't know how to yeah. do this. Go find that. Right. Yeah. And this incremental sort of improvement instead of trying to learn it all and just you say yeah. it to, you know, yeah. a, a 10 billion downloads or whatever it is. Yeah. Right. You've just reminded me actually an old opt-in that I used to have, which is about different procrastination styles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can't remember what I called that one. I think it was something like edu-crastination, but it's like trying to educate, <laughs> like procrastinating through education. And there was yeah. like one around perfection, perfecto-crastination, which was trying to get things perfect and yeah. not ever moving forward. There was, there was a bunch of things. But actually kind of knowing, knowing yourself and really being aware of like what your what's getting in your way of moving forward can be a really good thing. Like I know, for example, like mine is I like to start, but I don't like to finish things. So I'm constantly <laughs> like coming up with new ideas and yeah. like, and before I finish one, I'll jump on to the next one. So, you know, so being really aware of that and then kind of working with that too, because part of this journey is getting through the barriers you put up for yourself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I think everything is just by yourself. Again, I think entrepreneurship is just an extension of you, right? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it's funny. I uh, recently interviewed a guy, and he talks about like business development, right? And if you can't really necessarily approach the girl in the bar and ask her, you know, for her number, kind of thing, it's kind of the same principle if you're approaching clients and asking mm. for their number, right? It's mm. networking. It's 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 weirdly sort of an extension of the same principle, right? But you know, again, what are your values? What are your beliefs? What are your mindset? If you are if you 
your belief in yourself is that you're not very good, you're not very smart, you don't know what you're doing, you know, any of those sorts of things, that's going to permeate to any time you try to reach out to somebody. Mm -hmm. But I mean, even through myself and the podcast, and I think I spoke about this to him, um, I, I very much, when I started the podcast, I was extremely nervous about reaching out to people kind of thing, right? For all those sorts of reasons I mentioned, but as time's gone on and I've been able to sort of recraft that narrative of myself, both internally, but also creating those external uh, cues that sort of validate it for me. It's been really interesting where now, like I'm reaching out to people like crazy and I've had lots of people who haven't responded back to me. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't. I mean, I'm pretty awesome. The YT podcast is totally fun, right. Yeah. But, but lots of people don't. And if that was a while back, that would have been debilitating. I probably mm. would have stopped, but I'm in a different place now, but it's been through that incremental yeah. know, taking action and moving forward from there. Yeah. On that, though, um, this has been an amazing conversation, and I think one that has been long overdue on the podcast. I mean, talking about the questions and the plans and, and how to execute comes together. I suppose for yourself, as we sort of look across all of our conversations today, for somebody who's listening to this, do you maybe have one key thing that you think of anything that we've talked about today is maybe the most important thing, one key takeaway, or maybe two key takeaways um, from our conversation today? Yeah, I think I think the first one is that you need to look at the whole transition holistically and that it's not like there there are all those different pieces. It's the relationships, it's the risk appetite, it's the financial perspective, it's the, you know, it's the upskilling. It's like it's looking at that whole package and not just going, oh, I'm just going to move from here to here. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second one is that that often it is a it is a, a transition and you know it's not it's not a jump it's a transition so it's like like if you if we're using the analogy of of the chasm you know if you're going to get over the chasm you can't just do it in in one leap you've kind mm. of got to build a bridge and there's a whole bunch of steps that you need to go through to build a bridge yeah um and it's working out what those steps are for you there's your little guy yeah my executive assistant's causing yeah. a bus for my turn. Yeah. um so it, it, it's and it's realizing that sometimes you know it, it could be a longer transition than you want it to be um mm. if you're going to do it do it well do it properly and take the time if it's going to get you where you want to get in the long term yeah, fantastic. Okay, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I know you're putting on a, a massive event here in Melbourne as well, too. Um, I suppose for people listening, um, both can you quickly tell us about the event, but also how can they uh, how can they stay in touch with you? Or how can they reach out to you to hear a bit more about some of the things you have to say? Yeah, awesome. So um, I'll start with the event. So the event is it's called Work Life X. Um, you can visit worklifex.com to, to find out about that. And that's a conference which is all about how do we take a more intentional approach to our work life experience. Um, and we've got some amazing speakers from all over the place, like everything from kind of entrepreneurs to people and culture leaders in big business to um you know, coaches to academics kind of coming and talking on a whole different bunch of things for that. And that's on in August, August 10th and 11th. Um, I think by the time this comes out, early bird tickets will maybe still be around. I don't know. Um, um, but, yeah, come along to that. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, katemccready.com is my website. HQ is my Instagram, Facebook uh Kate McCready is my Twitter. <laughs> yeah, all, the, all the socials, just yeah. 
come and say hello. Um, and yeah, that's, that's me. And come and listen to as well, the good work revolution podcast. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll have all the links to, to the event, to your podcast, to your social media, to your website, all that sort of stuff. I have links in the show notes as well too. Um, I really encourage people to check it out. I've, I've uh, had the opportunity to, to look at the speakers list and a really incredible group of, uh, of individuals. And I mean, even, even if not even about the individuals that are speaking, but the opportunity to get amongst like-minded people as well, to or really on this journey i think i think that is just ridiculous amounts of value in itself as well right we've talked a lot today about you know some of the stuff you know some it can be really hard to do in isolation so don't go find somebody (laughs) yeah come out to this event you know wherever it takes just get out there there's lots of people out there um just get out find those people um you're not alone trust me from working on this podcast there's a lot of people who are sitting on the chasm trying to figure out how to make the leap there's so many people out there it's just a matter of reaching out and asking you'd be really surprised how probably the people people are working with now or their friends are want to go on the same thing so go on the journey together yeah totally well thank you so much for having me it's been an absolute pleasure um (laughs) you know it takes i think we we go further when we connect and when we we um we give and receive so yeah so thank you so much for having me No, it's my absolute pleasure. Okay, I look forward to speaking with you soon. Thanks again for being on the podcast. Thanks.